Hi, I'm Alicia Michelle, and as a trained and certified Christian mindset coach, I've helped hundreds of Christian women discover brain science-based mindset tools to help them grow closer to God and break free from anxiety, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and feeling like they're never enough. The Christian Mindset Coach is the award-winning podcast that shows you how to use simple brain science principles and biblical truth to renew your mind for lasting confidence, joy, and peace. I'm so glad you're here. Grab a cozy spot and let's get started. Hi there. Welcome to today's episode of The Christian Mindset Coach with me, Alicia Michelle. Last episode, we answered a question from a listener about how to manage fear fear of the future, fear of what will happen with our kids, fear of what's going to happen in the economy, of all the things that we struggle with with fear. So we talked about the very first part of it, the difference between worldly fear and godly fear, how we can move from worldly fear to godly fear. Well, today I want to expand that conversation by talking about what do we do with fear from a realistic standpoint, because that was that's a really great topic to talk about worldly fear versus godly fear. But in the moment, I can I know what it's like to have that fear that is just driving you crazy. Like how, what am I doing with this? Right. It just cripples you. It it feels like it's taking over your mind and it's hard to let go and even focus on other things sometimes when there is so much fear present. So we're going to talk about a three-step process that we can do something very practical, how to move towards expectant hope. We ended talking about the idea of expectant hope, how godly fear moves us toward expectant hope. How do we respond to fear with expectant hope? What does that look like? Three steps that I want to encourage us to to use. And again, these these are general tools that can be really helpful in the moment. I want you to find what works for you, but these are some pretty tried and true principles based on scripture that will help us work through fear in the moment. So, and I'm talking about that, that moving from the worldly fear to the godly fear. So step one. The first thing we need to do is to have compassion and understanding. And I know when I say that, a lot of times people are like, compassion for fear. I mean, fear feels like it's it's the thing we don't want. We want to kick it out. We want to tell it to go away. But there's so much evidence to show that our souls are not these black and white engines where we can just turn on and turn off. We have all these other emotions behind it. And when we shut something down, All we're doing is shoving it down. We're not dealing with it. One of the best ways that we can work through any tough emotion is to take this very first step, which a lot of people miss, which is to have compassion and understanding. We know that works just because we've experienced the power of compassion and understanding, just like with relationships or friendships. But I want you to think about how does God deal with us? How does God deal with us? He comes with compassion, with understanding. He is the God of all comfort. He is the God of love. He is the God who heals. He's the God who understands, who walks with us. He's Emmanuel. In Psalm 103, verses 13 to 14, it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. God knows who we are, and he understands how we're made. He understands what we're going through. And so if we feel like even in that moment, we don't have our own self-compassion, like we, we can't feel sorry. It's not even about feeling sorry for ourselves. It's about having compassion for what we're walking through, the difficulty of that worldly fear that we're seeing. It's noticing it and saying that, wow, that's a lot. And I understand why you feel like that. That's all that compassion is. And that's all that empathy is, is, is noticing that in someone else and, and 
recognizing it as real and sitting with it. That's what Christ does with when he says, like we mentioned in that verse, Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, if you're weary and burdened, you need to go deal with it yourself and walk away from me, right? He says, come to me. He wants to have compassion and love for us. It's another great verse in Isaiah 30, I believe, that talks about the idea of getting rest. And it says, the Lord wants to give you rest. He wants to comfort you. He wants to help you, but you would not have it. You would not stop to let him give you the rest. So there is this idea of us being able to receive because we are choosing to let God give it to us, right? So compassion is that very first thing. And again, we often judge ourselves or we shut down the feelings or we shame ourselves for having it. And that is what the enemy wants to do is he wants to point out what's wrong in us and, and push us down. Whereas God is saying, look, let's just acknowledge why it makes sense. Let's see what's there. And let's begin to work through it with love. Okay. It's that presence of the Holy Spirit healing and ministering to us in that situation. So the first step is compassion and understanding. The second step after we've had that compassion and understanding for what's there, why it makes sense that it's there, is we can discern the reality. We can discern what, what is it that is really going on and what part of this is true and what part of this is something that maybe I have elevated and, and replayed enough times where I've, I've pushed it beyond what it is. You know, there are times when we think about things that are scary and fearful, especially when I think of, you know, related to our kids, like this, this woman's original question was, they're frightening. They are frightening. And we have, and our family definitely walked through seasons where I have had <laughs> very, very, very tear-filled sessions with the Lord about my kids and their futures and what's ahead for them and what if kind of stuff. It is frightening. And so once we can acknowledge all of that, we have to go through and begin to see where am I letting that worldly fear in, in this part? And where can I change it into godly fear? And that starts by noticing what words are there and what truth is there. Words can bring life or death to our bodies. And science has proven, which is so interesting to me, that our thoughts and our words are actually creating chemical changes in our bodies in a given moment. It's switching on genes. It's, it's turning on biological functions, what we're thinking about, what we're telling ourselves. So it's so important that we have a discernment of what we're really thinking and feeling and where that, why that fear, you know, what parts of this fear are real things and what parts are things that we've allowed to build up. It's important to notice that in the moment, but it's important to have a steady diet of truth. And we get to decide, you get to decide what to feed yourself mentally. You get to decide what goes in, what comes into your mind, what gets kicked around and what's kicked out. You get to decide what voices to listen to. So many of us are still listening to those voices that are holding us down and saying untrue things about us. That voice of that fourth grader who told you on the playground that they didn't want to be your friend anymore out of the blue. That voice of that teacher in 11th grade who told you that you were never going to amount to anything. The voice of your parent, maybe, who said that you were only good enough if you did this or that. 
the voice of some boy who said that your body was awkward or weird or ugly in some way. Whatever that voice told you, God has compassion for what that voice said and how it's building fear or building other emotions that we don't want to have in our minds. But we get to decide if we're going to let it keep playing. So when you're looking at this situation, we get to decide what is the truth here in terms of, yeah, that's a real fear. And what is stuff that I have that is floating around in my brain because it's stuff that I have allowed to build. Again, not judging ourselves for that, but just seeing the difference between the two. Because we get to decide what is in there and we get to decide what continues to build in our minds. And sometimes for us, a lot of us, honestly, we need to put in boundaries and limitations, not just get healing from some of those past things that have happened to us and release them, but we need to begin to put in boundaries of what we're allowing in as life or death into our minds. That might be people, other negative, fearful people that we're around. That might be social media, seeing stuff on there that's building all this extra fear in us from all kinds of different things. I mean, fear can start in comparison. It can start in all kinds of stuff. News channels. Oh, wow. Right? So much news. I have to shut it off. Honestly, I cannot hear all about all the things happening in all over the world. I have to check in like on a very infrequent basis with that kind of stuff because it just, it starts to just play in my head and I notice it and I, I can't, I can't let that worldly fear build into me. And then like we just said, there might be other thought patterns that are already there that you have heard, but we have to be proactive in saying, I am not going to let this stay in me and I'm not going to let it build in me. Just like we, we tell our kids to eat healthy or to not do certain bad things or don't, don't run into the street, things like that. We have to notice these weak areas inside of ourselves that build that, that fear, that fire of fear inside us, and we get to decide how to handle it. Do anxious thoughts and what ifs consume your mind and steal your peace? God tells us to be anxious for nothing, but you wonder, how does that happen? What if you had a custom plan for managing your anxiety, one that was designed for your anxiety triggers with specific scientifically proven action steps based on brain science to manage worry both in the moment and for the long term? I want to help you create your custom plan for managing anxious thoughts with the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit, the four-week anxiety Bible study, mindset training, and resources that equip Christian women with a step-by-step plan to use brain science and the Bible together to welcome God's healing power over worry and fear. Listen, I struggled with anxiety most of my life, even as a Christian. I finally found lasting peace and victory over anxiety when I created a plan to manage my anxiety that used proven tools to get God's truth into my thoughts. I want to help you create your plan to manage anxiety and discover more calm. Go to CalmYourAnxietyToolkit.com to learn more and to get started. Again, that's CalmYourAnxietyToolkit.com. So let's talk about a couple of scriptures here for step two before we move on to step three. John 6, 63 says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. That's Jesus talking. His words are life. So there is a difference between life and death in our words. Proverbs 10, 11 says the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Our words breed life like we just talked about in our bodies, and they can even encourage life in other people. And so what are the words? What is the reality that we're feeding ourselves? And that what is that that we're going to hold on to as part of it? And now, step three, 
We get to decide what we're going to do with all of this. We get to decide if we're going to keep spinning in that worldly fear or if we're going to move over to godly fear. Deciding where to emotionally dwell is what I call this step. And this is where we have to take that leap across that chasm where we see the fear, we see the reason for the fear, and we see the truth, and we get to pick, well, what are we going to do with this? Are we going to have the confidence to hold God's hand and jump across that chasm and rest in the other side, living in godly fear, that awe of he's been the one in control, he's the one who's going to help me, he's the one who's guiding me, that part. Or are we going to stay on the other side and stay stuck in the worldly fear? So I call this like leaping with expectancy. We get to decide where to stay, where to rest, where to dwell. And David is such a good example of that in the Psalms. He acknowledges everything that he's feeling, as we see. That's that first step. Then he reminds himself of the truth, which again, like we talked about, has to be something we're continually feeding into our mind. And then he decides where he's going to dwell. This is that third step. So here's an example of one of those examples in the Psalms. Psalm 62, verses 1 to 2, and then verses 5 to 8. It says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, for I will never be shaken. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. So I love that even in this place where he's sitting, he's saying, pour out your heart to God, right? Even though you are trusting in him and you're waiting in this godly fear side of things, right? You're waiting there. He is protecting you. It's a refuge for you. And we're still having to control ourselves and, and to make a choice to follow him and to, to trust him in that. It's not like we just go there and everything is great. It's a decision, but sometimes it's an active decision. So another verse that's here that, that talks about this is Psalm 63, verses six to eight. And it says, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. So meditating on God's word, singing for joy in the shadow of, of his wings, clinging to God. These are all active things that are being done in that third step, choosing to dwell, choosing to go back to the truth, choosing to say, yeah, it makes sense why I'm feeling like this. And I'm still going to choose here. Another verse that's actually really great for when you're in that moment and you're needing to work through that fear is Isaiah 26, 3, and that says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I shared that verse in Isaiah 26, 3. It is a verse you probably heard of before about meditating and focusing on God, keeping our thoughts fixed on him so he can bring that perfect peace. But I wondered if you wanted more. I mean, when I was at the height of struggling with anxiety, which honestly was a large majority of my life, I felt like there were a lot of scriptures that people had shared with me, and those were powerful. Those were things that I thought of, but I kind of felt like I still kept coming back to this core issue that was there that was causing me to have this fear. And so I needed a plan to know what was the real root behind all this fear and what was triggering it, 
why did I have it? And what can I do about it more than just, okay, in the moment, I'm going to try to put a Band-Aid on it. And please hear me. I'm certainly not saying that the Word of God is a Band-Aid. I am not. I am just saying that some of us have these deeper issues and we have ongoing fear and anxiety and we don't, we are always in the moment just trying to really quickly put out the fire without going underneath. And we get frustrated maybe even with God, like, well, I, I meditated on a scripture or I thought about this and here I still am struggling with anxiety. And so my challenge to you, which was what kind of God challenged me on was like, what's, what's the deeper thing that's happening here? What is he alerting me or you to? And how can we figure out what that is and work towards healing versus just saying, okay, I'm just going to try to get rid of it right here. And that is why I created the, the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit, because I needed a plan. I knew clients that needed a plan. And I began just saying, okay, this is a resource that other people need. It is a comprehensive way. It's, it's a, a custom anxiety management plan is how I like to think of it. It's a way to identify those triggers and to calm them based on things that work for you. So I'm not here to say, these are the ways to calm anxiety, period. I'm saying, let's talk about how to figure out what's going on. And here are some solutions. I want you to pick from this menu that works for you. I want you to experiment and play around and see what works for you. And what can you specifically do in that moment to welcome God's peace? A lot of us have coping strategies, but they're not necessarily healthy coping strategies. And they're not moving us towards the ultimate healing that we need. So this is a plan to help us figure out what's there and what might be some root causes underneath it and what to do, what to do, honestly, to partner with God, to not let fear and anxiety take over our lives. We're not saying that fear and anxiety are going to leave because honestly, the fear and anxiety are there as a, a protective mechanism in our brain to keep us safe. So it's not like it's ever going to fully go away, but we can as John Acuff says in his book, Soundtracks, we can turn down the dial on fear and anxiety. And this is a wonderful way to do that. This resource, it includes a Bible study. It includes ideas on different coping strategies that are healthy. It, it helps us, again, get to the root of what's going on. It includes even affirmation statements that you can write to help you in this. It's a comprehensive plan. So if that's interesting to you and you're like, I need help, help me figure out how to not just in the moment try to you know, fix what I'm feeling or just help me get out of this cycle of feeling fearful and anxious all the time, then I encourage you check out the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit. You can find it at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety dash tool dash kit. So that's vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety dash tool dash kits. And if you just go to the site, vibrantchristianliving.com, Click on other resources and you'll see the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit. So check it out. It's really a powerful resource for women who are like, I am done with just kind of putting little fix-it things on this. I really, really need help. So check that out. Well, we are going to continue the final part of this talk about fear. There are some really key truths that God has had to teach me in this area as somebody who has had a lifelong struggle with anxiety and fear some key things that I want to impart to you in order for you to be successful in this area and to not let fear be that thing that dictates how you live your life. Not let fear be the thing that keeps you from doing what you want to do or that keeps you spinning. Your mind is continually spinning. You don't have to live like that. I want to help you. So tune in for the next episode and I will see you then. 
Thanks for joining me today for The Christian Mindset Coach. If you loved today's show, would you take two seconds and share a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? I've got a special gift for you when you share a review, my amazing 50 I Am declarations, 50 statements and Bible verses about who you are in Christ. This is an audio meditation and a written statement that is extremely popular with my clients, and I want to give you access just for sharing your Apple Podcast review. Simply screenshot your review and send it to hello at vibrantchristianliving.com, and we'll send you the link to access the 50 I Am Declarations resource. Thanks so much for sharing your rating and review so that we can get the word out about the podcast. See you back here next week.